This week on the Man Cave Sports Podcast, I'm going to be talking about the NFL, some really exciting games that happened last week, and also this week's upcoming games. And then later by phone, I'm going to be joined by Tim as we talk about some college football and some news that's been going on around there. So stay tuned and join. Hello guys and welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Sports Podcast. Now you guys know I'm usually joined by Gavin Poe, but the past couple days he's been really busy, especially with schoolwork, so I'm going to be doing this solo for at least the first half of the podcast, and in the next segment I'm going to be joined with my stepdad Tim over the phone as we talk about some college football. So before we get before I get into sports talk, Gavin and I really encourage you guys to interact with us. That meaning just commenting, uh, leaving any feedback on social media. And, you know, our Instagram name is at Podcast, and you can find us on our Twitter handle, which I believe it is at Podcast. So, seriously, guys, just feel free to comment anything or to leave any feedback that you think would be beneficial to us. Because, you know, we just started this podcast, and if there's something that you guys think we can do better, and that we can, you know, there's things that we can improve on, please do not hesitate to let us know, because we really want you guys to enjoy this podcast and have a fun time and enjoyable time listening to it. So, again, please do not hesitate to leave any feedback. And, you know... As far as any comments go, just if you guys think we, you know, it could be as simple as if you think we overlook something in the sports world, it can be any sport, let us know and we'll definitely get that on the podcast. And if you guys think there's a topic that you think we should talk about or you want us to talk about, leave that too and we will 100% get that on the podcast because we are on our social media all the time. So again, just Please, please, please just leave anything. And if you guys, I mean, you can also leave a rating on, you know, wherever you're listening to this podcast on, whether it's on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and, you know, like I said, wherever you're listening to this podcast, just, you know, just please, you know, leave a rating too. And, you know, tell us that we're great because, you know, that will be, you know, that, that helps out us out a lot, and you know we just, you know I, you know I've said this since the beginning that ever since we started, you know I'm really excited about this, and I know everyone that's been involved with this podcast so far is really excited about it and the potential that it can reach. So, again, please guys, just interact with us, and we will interact with you. So. Now to sports. So the NFL had some really good games. You have, you know, I I said last week that I thought New England would come back pissed off and get the win, which, you know, was, you know, really true. (laughs) The Miami traveled to New England, but they did not come back happy. That's for sure, as New England beats them 38-7. Tom Brady throws for... 274 yards, adding three touchdowns and two interceptions, which those two interceptions, 
Tom Brady throwing two interceptions in a game has been really, that's been uncharacteristic of him. Considering two years ago, he only threw two interceptions the whole season. And last season, he only threw eight. So, I mean, he's getting older. I mean, these kind of things happen. But, nonetheless, the Patriots get the win. And, you know, the, the Dolphins were undefeated before coming to New England. But they did not look like the undefeated team that they, you know, that they were playing like before. And Ryan, Ryan Tannenhill was someone who's, you know, surprised me so far this year with how well he's played, considering he's coming back from devastating injuries. And, but, you know, the Patriots shut him down tonight. He only threw for 100 yards and one interception. And I still think this Miami team can still be good. You know, I thought it was dumb for them to get rid of Jarvis Landry, but, you know, I'm... I'm not a GM, so I don't understand, you know, I don't know, you know, the reasoning behind it, why they did it. But, yeah, I still think this Miami defense and, you know, their offense, they definitely have some things to work on. And, you know, we'll we'll see how they can play the rest of the season. And as far as New England, I'm never going to bet against them. And I still think that they're going to be well above 500. They're going to make the playoffs, and I think they're going to go far in the playoffs as well. Next game. The Thursday night football game, you have the Minnesota Vikings traveling to take on the Los Angeles Rams. And now, you know, I've said this, I think, a couple weeks ago on the podcast, that the Vikings, this Vikings team from top to down is the best team in the NFL right now. And they really showed it against the Vikings. Jared Goff, which is really cool because he asked my last name, and I don't know, I always thought that was pretty cool. But he threw for a whopping 455 passing yards with five touchdowns. That's just amazing. And, you know, Cooper Cup, nine catches, 162 yards, adding two TDs. Brandon Cook, seven catches, 116 yards, adding a touchdown. And Robert Woods having five catches with 101 yards and also adding a touchdown. And Todd Gurley adding 83 yards on the ground. Now let me tell you something. Guys, this Rams team is dangerous. And that me on all parts of the ball. Their offense is off the charts. Their defense is devastating. I think it, this Rams team is going I think they're definitely 100% a Super Bowl contender. And this is a team no matter what kind of defense you have this Rams team is going to keep coming at you. And this the only chance that you will have against them is to keep them off the field and hope to God that your offense can put up some points because if you let if you let Rams get the ball once you and you let the game get out of hand, the Rams are just going to run up on you. So, I mean, this Rams team, oof. I mean, it, they're going to be so hard to beat, and I really think that I think I think they're definitely a Super Bowl pick for me so far. I think they're you know I think they're definitely up there, and you look at how young their offense is, which Jared Goff is only twenty three, Cooper Cup is twenty five, Brandon Cooks is twenty four toward twenty five, Robert Woods is twenty six, and Todd Gurley is twenty three twenty four. So, I mean that. They have such a young core, 
And, yeah, their defense is pretty settled, and they locked up Aaron Donald for another five to six years. So they're set on all sides of the ball, and this offense is just, for years to come, will be effective, barring any injuries, of course. But this offense is going to be top of the charts for a long time, in my opinion. And they're definitely going to be a team that's going to be number one, number two in power rankings for the next five years. And I honestly believe that. But, and then Vikings, they, you know, Kirk Cousins had, you know, he, two games in a row now where he's thrown 50 times or more. Last week throwing 55, and this week he threw 50 times. But, he, you know, he still added, he added in a, a really good 422 yards, adding three tees. Adam Thielen had eight catches, 135 yards, with a touchdown, and Stephon Diggs added 11 catches, which is really freaking good, and adding 123 yards to that. So this Vikings team, I think their offense can be good, and I think their defense is, is really good too. But this offense, though, the past, you know, two weeks in a row, they have not gotten their rushing attack going. You know, uh, this week, this last week against the Rams, combining as a team only 56 yards and that's just that's not good at all especially when you have Dalvin Cook who's supposed to be your franchise running back for the future only having 20 yards against the Rams so you know definitely for the Vikings I think their offense can be good it's just a matter of being able to balance it and getting their rushing attack going and once they you know if they can get their rushing attack going I, I think that this Vikings team I think they can be really good Especially down the stretch. Another game, Cincinnati against Atlanta. That that kind of surprised me a bit because last week I said, you know, I was pretty confident that Atlanta was going to win and that I had no hope in Cincinnati. Well, once again, Cincinnati proving me wrong with them beating Atlanta thirty-seven to thirty-six in Atlanta. I'll grant you that. And Andy Dalton throwing twenty-nine for forty-one, three hundred and thirty-seven yards. Three TDs, one interception, had a really solid game. Tyler Boyd for the second game in a row had 100 yards uh, uh, receiving, had 11 catches, 100 yards. A.J. Green had four catches, 78 yards, and a touchdown. John Ross, two catches, 52 yards, added a touchdown. And, you know, uh, if I could take away something, and it's something that's going to be really devastating for the Bengals, them losing Tyler Eifert again. Jeez, man, that guy cannot catch a break. He tore his, I think, I mean, not, not tore, he fractured his right ankle. He's going to be gone after surgery. He'll, he'll need about four to five months of recovery. More than likely, will miss the rest of the season. Miss man, that guy cannot catch a break, and he was off to a really good start to the season. And that's going to that's gonna take a pretty big hit to this Cincinnati offense. But, you know, I think, Cincinnati just, you know, being a Cincinnati fan, I've seen when there's a real good offense put around Andy, he can, you know, he can put some magic together with that team. And I, I can see that. I, I can see that again forming with this, you know, this year's team. But losing Tyler Eifert again, that's going to hurt him. And it's just going to take a matter of, you know, next man up. Who's going to be the next man? Who's going to replace Tyler Eifert? And I still think, you know, they have young weapons like Tyler Boyd. They just 
they they still need to get John Ross into the game more, and they still they have um, good tight ends that are back up with C.J. Uzma too. I mean this, you know, like I said, they just need to, you know, don't get down on themselves and just you know keep putting on the pressure and keep proving everyone wrong and have a chip on your shoulder and let Andy run that offense the way he wants it and you know let you know just a balanced attack overall. And Atlanta had a really good game, I thought. Matt Ryan throwing for, there was a bunch of 400-yard passing games this week. He had 419 yards passing, added three touchdowns. Julio Jones, who still hasn't gotten a touchdown reception yet, had nine catches, 173 yards receiving. Mohamed Sanu, the former Cincinnati Bengal, had six catches, 111 yards. And Calvin Ridley has really come to his own as a rookie, and he's fitting really well with this. Falcons offense having four catches, 54 yards receiving, and adding two TDs. Man, I mean, this Falcons team looked really good a couple years ago when they went to the Super Bowl last year. They kind of had a dud. But, you know, I think this Falcons team is still can still be that team, and Matt Ryan is playing like he did a couple years ago. It's just a matter of, you know, again, another team that just needs to find a way to their problem is not being able to win close games, which, you know, last week could not win a close game in overtime against New Orleans. And then, you know, this week, losing another close one against Cincinnati. So it's just a matter of them being able to finish games and working on their defense, too. Another game, Jacksonville against the Jets. Aaron Donald not having another good game, going throwing for only 164 yards. Had a touchdown. Blake Bortles had a comeback game after playing terribly against Tennessee. Had 388 yards passing. Had two TDs. And D.D. Westbrook, coming another guy who's coming to his own as an NFL wide receiver, had nine catches and putting together 130 or three, 130 yards total. And oof, um, the Jets. Aaron Donald. I mean, Sam Darnold. Just, I mean. Looked good his first start, but ever since then has not looked good at all. And I think you know rookies, you know they'll have games where they don't look good at all. But you know we'll we'll see if he can turn it around. And this Jacksonville team I think is legit, and I think they're going to stay legit, and I think they're going to be a ten, definitely contender in the playoffs. And yeah, the Bucks at the Bears. Uh, oh, by the way, the score to that Jacksonville Tennessee game, thirty-one to twelve. Sorry, Jacksonville Jets game, 31-12. And you have the Bucks playing the Bears, and that was a whopping blowout. The Bears beating the Bucks, 48-10. Mitch Trubisky just having the game of his life and the best game of his career. 354 yards passing, 6 TDs. Tarek Cohen, who's a running back, adding 53 yards on the ground in a whopping 121 yards through the air. That was definitely a definition of a receiving running back. And he also added a touchdown through the air. And Taylor Gabriel also have having a 100-yard game with 104 yards, adding two TDs for Trubisky. Uh, and I think in the, um, also the, the Bucks, Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't have that good of a game, only throwing 126 yards and adding an interception. And eventually they put in Jameis Winston. Who played a little bit better, I would say, throwing he had a sixteen through twenty, 
144 yards passing, adding a touchdown and two interceptions. Deshaun Jackson was, you know, their one shining moment out of many negative moments with five catches, 112 yards. So the Bucks, I think Jameis Winston is probably their starter the rest of the season. And, you know, I think the deep ball works well no matter who their quarterback is. And they just, I think their, fo- their offense is definitely focused around passing, and it's just a matter of staying consistent. And, you know, their defense also has to stay consistent too. And, you know, playing a, you know, playing a game where they allow 48 points against the Bears, they just, you know, their defense definitely needs to work on multiple things. And then you have another game, Philly traveling to take on Tennessee, which was surprising. Tennessee beats them in overtime, 26-23. to Carson Wentz, 348 yards, passing, two TDs, really good game, especially after coming back from injury. And you have Zach Ertz um, adding 10 catches to that, 112 yards. Marcus Mariota looking like the player everyone thought he was going to be, throwing 344 yards, adding a couple of touchdowns. Corey Davis, who's playing really good as one of the Titans' main receivers this year, nine catches, 161 yards, and a touchdown. Now Philly, I think they're two and two right now, but I don't, I wouldn't worry too much. I think, I th- really, I think Philly is going to be quite. They'll be, you know, they'll be okay. This needs a, you know, it's a matter of Carson Wentz just getting back into the fold of things, and Jay Ajay just, you know, he's, you know, he's also injured too. So it's a matter of him working with that offense. And like I said, I think Philly was gonna is, I think they'll be fine, and I think they'll be back in the playoffs, no doubt. And then I think Tennessee, they're, you know, they shocked me this year, and they're three and one right now. And their defense looks really legit. And if Mar- Marcus Mariota can keep playing like he, you know, like he did against against Philly, I think you know I think this Tennessee team down the road, I think they're going to be one of those sleeper teams. You might you know might not think will go far, but you know they're definitely you know looking like they can. So that was those were some games from last week, and then we have these upcoming games for this week. You have Coates playing New England. I definitely think New England will, I think they'll take care of that game. That's a Thursday night game. I think Tom Brady, I think they'll be hungry for another win. And I think that uh, definitely at New England, I think they'll take care of the Coates, which Andrew Luck has not been, you know, he's, I think he's playing okay considering what he, he went through last year. But, you know, he's not playing good enough where Coates are looking looking like, good. Looking like a a good team, so I think for I think definitely think New England pulls off that. We have Miami traveling to take on Cincinnati. Now normally, you know I haven't been six, picking Cincinnati to win games, but I do think coming to this game, I think Cincinnati will pull it out, especially at home. And I think you know Cincinnati. I think Andy Dalton is going to look for more ways to win, and I think their offense is going to. Definitely lead him in that game. You have Tennessee playing at Buffalo. Definitely Tennessee. I think Marcus Mariota plays like he did last week, and I think he goes out to prove that you know he's the, you know he's 100% the franchise quarterback everyone thought he would be. You have Atlanta traveling to take on Pittsburgh. I don't know. I thought Pittsburgh would beat the Ravens last week, but they didn't. Ravens ended up winning 26 to 14, but. I think honestly think I think Atlanta I think they're tired of losing. 
and I think they'll come into the pits. I think they'll come into Pittsburgh, and I I think that they'll pick up that dub. Yeah, Denver traveling to take on the Giants. I think the Denver. I think Denver definitely wins that game. I think that Denver. I think Case Keenum will get better. I think their defense. I definitely think that they'll shut down the Giants, or I sorry the Jets, and then. You have Jacksonville going on to take on Kansas City. Now, Patrick Mahomes is someone who he surprised me this year, and I've said this on the podcast multiple of times. But I do think that Patrick Mahomes, I think that's a pretty good game. But I think Patrick Mahomes will once again lead this offense, and I think they'll beat Jacksonville and stay undefeated. You have Green Bay traveling to take on Detroit. Uh, you know, Detroit has, you know, they surprised me with beating New England. But I do think Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay will definitely get that win. Baltimore traveling to take on the Browns. Now, normally, I think everyone knows in previous years, you might pick Baltimore. But I think I think the Browns, I think they're going to pick up this win. Uh, I think Baker Mayfield is going to, I think he's going to have a good game against, the, against Baltimore. You have Giants traveling to take on Carolina. Now, Eli Manning has looked, he's looked good. But, and Saquon Barkley has looked pretty good. And, you know, Odell Beckham Jr., of course. But Carolina, you know, I think Carolina is a pretty good team, especially with Christian McCaffrey coming to his own as a NFL running back. So I think Carolina gets that win. Oakland at Los Angeles. I think that... Oh, sorry, the Chargers. I keep getting these mixed up. I'm sorry. You have... Oakland traveling to take on the Chargers. Now, this is kind of tough because I, I know I thought going into the season that the Chargers would be one of the top teams, honestly, in the AFC. But I think Oakland, I think they'll pick up their second win this season against the Chargers. I think Derek Carr will go off for another 300 yards passing. Hopefully, Marshawn Lentz goes off for another game. And I, I think Oakland definitely gets that win. Arizona traveling to Taunton. You have Arizona traveling to take on San Francisco. I think that Arizona, with their problems that they have with quarterback and Josh Rosen trying to fit in, I think, you know, before Jimmy G got hurt, I definitely would have thought that, you know, San Fran would probably get that win. But nonetheless, I think Josh Rosen will finally, I think he'll pick up his first win as an NFL starter. Minnesota traveling to take on Philly. Now, that's a tough one because I do kind of want to pick Carson Wentz. However, Kirk Cousins has also been playing really good. So, I, I, I think that, I think, and I'm, I think that's going to be my upset. I think Minnesota is going to come in. I think they're going to beat Philly. I think Kirk Cousins is going to have another good game and lead them to that victory. You have LA Rams at Seattle. Now, Seattle used to be really good on defense. But I think, you know, like I said, Los Angeles, there's such a dangerous team, and their offense is a well-oiled machine. And I think they'll, they will definitely run over uh, all over Seattle. Dallas, travel and take on Houston. I'll take, I'll take Houston. I think Deshaun Watson will lead them to victory, and I think J.J. Watt on defense will lead them to that too. And then you have Washington at New Orleans. Right now, Drew Brees is playing... The best football, I think, 
in a long time that he's been playing. So I definitely think Drew Brees leads the New Orleans Saints into a victory against the Washington Redskins. And guys, I know that's kind of a condensed version of what we usually do with this. But that is, you know, like I said, I'm writing solo right now. So that is it for the NFL talk. On the next segment, going to be joined but with my stepdad, Tim. And we're going to talk about some college football. So join us for the next segment of the Man Cave Sports Podcast. Welcome back, guys, to the second segment of the Man Cave Sports Podcast. Now, I am joined... I'm in Lexington, but Tim is all the way over in Shelbyville. But he's still joining me for the second segment. We're going to talk about some college football with you guys. Sounds good, Tyler. All right. So, my game of the week last week was Syracuse playing Clemson. And it looked like Clemson was – Definitely for sure going to pull off a win again. But Clemson coming out into the stretch just, you know, pulled it out of their butts and just got that victory. And I still think there's a lot of things wrong with Clemson. And I think that, especially going down the road, that I I don't – they might still be undefeated, but that doesn't mean they're, you know, their best team in the nation – no, I, I don't think so either. I think they're um, they they're really lacking in any type of quality wins. Some by their schedule, and uh, some by teams that they're they're staying competitive with them that really shouldn't be. Um, the last weekend being Syracuse. The weekend before that. Uh, a couple weekends before that, Texas A&M almost beat them. Probably should have beat them. And uh, they're kind of skating by right now. So I'm not sure if uh, this is going to be a playoff team. They're definitely going to have to go undefeated in order to do that. They got a couple games in the future that are going to be trouble for them, I believe. Uh, North Carolina State being one of them and South Carolina. Yeah, NC State's actually a, a kind of a good, you know, an unheard of team for this year. And they're actually doing pretty well. And yeah, the irony is, is that this weekend they're playing Wake Forest. And normally we would be saying, oh, that's going to be an easy win for them. But we really can't right. say that right now. Right. Yeah, I, you know, like you said, just looking at the rest of Clemson's schedule. They're not playing a lot of tough teams, and the re- you know the rest of the teams that they're playing are, I believe they're all unranked. So I think the the college football playoff committee, I think they're going to look at that honestly, and I'm not so sure if Clemson's going to get into the playoffs this year. To be honest with you, yeah, I agree. Uh, North Carolina, just a, a, a small correction. It's not really. A great ranking, but North Carolina is ranked 23rd. They're 4-0. Um, they're playing good ball. They're they're outscoring their their uh, competition. You know, basically two to one. 
they're doing they're doing they're playing good football. And really, that is. Yeah, I don't want to take away anything from this Clemson football team. I still think they're a good team, but compared to previous years, there's you know the ACC is kind of overrated this year. Oh and, yes, and as as like I said, I don't think Clemson is. You know, when it comes down to the end, you know, a team like LSU, if they stay, if LSU only has one loss. And they possibly, you know, I think they, I think LSU is, you know, definitely more deserving of making it to the playoffs than Clemson is at this point. Yes, I agree with that. Much better competition. And a better Um, schedule, too. Oh, yeah. And the SEC is just from, you know, top to middle is, there's no competition compared to other divisions. I mean, there's really the best division in football right now. You know, um, usually the SEC is, you know, year in, year out. You know the SEC is usually over top of everybody. But, you know, this year is definitely 100%. You could tell they're leagues away from everyone yeah. else. And, and this Alabama kind of harkens back uh, a few years ago to where it almost looks like uh, they're a pro football team playing against a college football team every time they play. Oh, and, I, I definitely agree with that. And I've said this on the podcast before that this Alabama team, you know, they probably have the best quarterback they've had since A.J. McCarron. Yeah. And they're just looking from top to bottom on that team. Their defense is solid once again. And, you know, They've always had a solid defense, and you know this year is no different. But they've always they've had mostly a rushing game that's really been the focus of previous Alabama teams. But you have Tua right now, who's just playing out of his mind, and he has one of the best uh, passer ratings right now, and especially in college football history. I this Alabama team, I really do not think that anyone else can hang with them, not even Ohio State or Georgia. The only team that's going to beat Alabama is Alabama. That's the only thing that could possibly happen. Barring major injuries, uh, even with major injuries, I think this team will still be stopped. Alabama is so deep. And they have multiple players on every position that can play just as good as the, the starter. And Alabama's always had number one, number two recruiting class. You know, they're going to continue to reload. And no matter who, you know, if someone gets injured, it'll be okay because they have a player that's just as good, if not better than the starter. Yes. And, and, you know, and as I said in the post game show um, a few days ago, is that we're looking at, possibly having two to three SEC teams in that. And I, I definitely think that as the season progresses, I think, I mean, I think that scenario is definitely on, you know, definitely on the table right now. I agree. I agree. It's, uh, Georgia, you know, I've told you this. I, I was watching them play Missouri, and I, you know, to be honest with you, I wasn't that impressed. They're still, I guess, you know, 
The same thing with Clemson. I don't want to take away from Georgia because they're still a good, really good football team. But, I mean, they're not what they were last year. After they lost multiple pieces on defense, they lost their top two running backs, you know, to graduation, and now they're on to the NFL. I mean, I don't think that – I mean, man, well, I don't – Yeah. I, I definitely think they have uh, – they, they're going to – they're going to have to prove themselves. I mean, they're going to play oh, sure. October play LSU. against LSU at LSU. We got uh, a Florida game after that. Uh, they have a bye week, and then we have at Kentucky. And uh, which before the season, you might have thought, yeah, Georgia might get that. Well, more than likely win that game. But I mean, considering how Kentucky's played so far, I, I don't, you know, I don't think it's a given that Georgia wins that game. I, I don't think so either. Especially, I mean, you know, this this coming weekend, there's a really big game for us UK fans, and uh, they're taking on a tough Texas A&M at uh, Texas A&M. And Texas A&M is they have two losses, but they're two, two losses to teams that they should lose to. Very tough right. teams. And, uh, you know, I think the three game stretch that Kentucky is currently in right now. I think, you know, Mississippi State, that was a good win. Yeah. South Carolina was a really good win, too. But while they're really great wins, they were at home. So that's a different atmosphere than playing away. And especially at Texas A&M, whose stadium has over 100,000 people. So they're playing. And considering that they've never even played there before. And I think this Texas A&M game is definitely a game that it, this is, out of those three games, this is the game where Kentucky's going to have to prove, prove themselves the most. Yes. Yes, this is like uh, them versus Florida with the pressure of the, uh, the streak and, and right. things like that. But the only – the main difference is I do believe – uh, even though Texas A&M do, does not have the record that Florida does. Uh, Florida's 4-1. You know, I mean, we all thought, hey, Florida's just going to go away. They're not going away. And They're... then Florida beat Mississippi State at Mississippi State. Yes. With... Man, that I, that came to a shock to me, honestly. Yeah, I, I and I'm going to reference it, the, that as my game of the week, too, um, this coming weekend. Uh, will be Florida versus LSU. I definitely think um, that is going to be an interesting game to watch. And, um, you know, I, I, you know, I know we're kind of moving on to the game of the week a little bit, but um, I, that's definitely an interesting game. I think that's one of the most interesting games that's going to happen this weekend. Um, and I do too. I think, I think that's going to be a really good game. And yeah. I, and I, I would have to say my game of the week. Hmm. I'm, you know, I think it, my game of the week is going to be uh, Kentucky at Texas A&M. Ooh, that's a good one too. I, I, I had a, you know, I was thinking about the games, and there's some good games. I'm just thinking if you want a, if you want a really good football game, and I, I think that. I think that Texas A&M game in Kentucky is – I think that's going to come down to the wire. 
Yeah, and I, I definitely think the Texas versus Oklahoma is going to be interesting too. That's another game. I was de- I was debating be- between those two. Yeah, because you know, undefeated Oklahoma. Different. Yeah, you got undefeated Oklahoma. You have Texas on the hot streak. They're four and one. Uh, Texas you know. has they've they've surprised me. They've you know you know they lost their first game of the season against Maryland, which mm-hmm. I thought oh. Boy. <laughs> Texas is going to have another down year. Yeah. And then they beat University of South Southern California. And then they single-handedly, they beat T- TS, uh, TCU uh, pretty single-handedly too. So, I mean, I, I'm not going to say that Texas is coming back to, you know, being one of the top programs in the nation, but I definitely think they're, you know, on the up and up to where they're a perennial, you know, top 25 team. Maybe See, even right. Yeah, being that Texas is in Texas, and you know how big football is in Texas. They're crazy about oh, yeah. basketball here in the state of Kentucky. I yeah, when you talk about it. Texas, when you, when you live there, that the, you know, their high school stadiums were huge. Oh, they're crazy, yeah. And the thing with Texas is if they get their foot in the door – and then they start building uh, the clout back up. They they already have clout, but if they start building it back up, I definitely think uh, you know we're going to be hearing a lot about them in the coming years. But I think this Oklahoma game, and it's at Oklahoma. Okay, there's two ways this can go. Uh, Either Oklahoma blows them out, or Texas hangs with them. Yeah, and if Texas hangs with them, um, I definitely think that uh, that will be kind of a turning point for them. Um, you know, and, and just looking at their schedule, you know, they have Baylor, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, Texas Tech, Iowa State, and Kansas. Um, you know, so really that's the that's probably the most quality game they'll play all year, all season long. Just like Kentucky versus Florida is a good mm-hmm. indicator of uh, if they play really well, that's going to reflect better on later on in the schedule. It gives them confidence and, and things. Yeah, and you see, like the thing that Kentucky wants most, I think, just from their steam t- from their team standpoint, they they want to be recognized as one of the top teams in the nation. And <laughs> if, if if Texas wants everyone to see them as, you know, that they're coming back to being one of the best programs in, you know, in college football, I think either, you know, beating or hanging with Oklahoma, I think that's a sign for Oklahoma and not Oklahoma for Texas to really show people that, Hey, yeah, we're, we're dead. We're, we're, we're coming back. Yeah, and um, not to change the subject, but back to Kentucky, it's interesting how I don't know why they do this, but they're doing it, and we already have some reports of a player. Uh, do you have his name? Uh, oh, yeah, for uh, for uh, for Texas A&M. Yes. His name is Kingsley Kiki, yeah. I believe his name. And I don't have the direct quote, but he said – he basically what the basis of what he said was he did not think that stopping Kentucky's run game 
was going to be that hard that they wouldn't have that much of a problem. Yeah, and and I hope they just I hope he keeps talking like that because Florida you did see, it. I mean, Florida did it. Mississippi State did it. Yeah, and Kentucky proved you know shoved all that talk back into their faces. Yeah. I just love Snell thinking about it. I want him to reflect on that. You know, he's on the verge of greatness. He really is. I mean, yeah, we're 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 uh, this is probably one of the best uh, running backs Kentucky's ever had, at least in the top uh, two or three. I believe. uh, I believe so. Yeah, and so give him motivation. Please keep talking. Um, You know, let Kentucky be pissed off. Who would ever thought Kentucky's number one in rushing in the SEC with all the talent that's there? Texas, and that's the Texas A&M defensive uh, line and also their secondary as well, where they're not that good, honestly. Yeah, and it's almost like they're, uh, you know, trying to convince themselves that, you know, they're going to be able to stop Kentucky. And I think, and they're still looking. I think these teams are still looking as at Kentucky like they're a cupcake team. Yeah, and you know? I, that's uh, we talked about that before. That's a new kid on the block type of deal. You know, you got to go show them that you're tough and you're not afraid of them. You know, even though they're up and coming, uh, you know, you're just not afraid of them. And I think that. Uh, Texas A&M is kind of doing that a little bit with, uh, you know, the Kentucky, the new kid on the block, so to speak, even though they're not really that new, you know, they played each other plenty in the past, but uh, you know, they, it's definitely something, it's a different, a lot of these course SEC teams are not used to this. They're not used to Kentucky coming into town being having more weight to them and having this much confidence, absolutely five and oh, you know, five and oh, in and, the you SEC. know, they're three and oh, which is something that they haven't done since 1977. Sure, and this is all new territory, and I think that's a lot of the bravado these other teams are wanting to do, they're trying to smack them down and. You know, saying that Kentucky has a capable backup running back as well, and AJ Rose. Yes. So I mean, I I think for Kentucky, if they, you know, they're something that they're going to have to do different this week than they did last week is definitely switch it up on offense a little bit. You have to at some point you have to give Benny a break, and I think that's why he went down from when he had a hundred yards and he only finished with ninety nine. I think, you know, as tough as Benny is, I, you know, people get tired. It's just it's just the human nature. And they I think they have to switch it up on offense next week and just get get a little bit of a lot, you know, definitely a lot of Benny, but also add their other weapons in the game, such as AJ Rose, CJ Conrad, Dorian Baker, Taven Richardson. They really just need to get these other weapons in the game and if they keep you know, if they stay balanced this team will definitely be hard to beat, especially with their defense as well. You know, um, and I, I don't know what their plan is, UK's plan, but I would probably smile if the very first play of the game, they throw, a 30, they throw it 30 yards down, down the field. And, or Ben 
rips it for 50 yards, 50 plus yeah. yards. Yeah, and, and I definitely think it's something that uh, UK I th- I may want to do. That, I definitely think that Kentucky's first drive would definitely be a tone setter for the game. Yeah, and, and, and uh, also – Or whoever it's starts important. off the game. Yeah, it's going to be important because you got to shut that crowd up. Huge crowd. They're Over 100,000. Yeah, ranked team. Um, you know how deafening that's going to get. So if Kentucky can hush them up, that will definitely be a big advantage to them, I think. I think, you know, we talk about their offense. This defense is also going to be key, too, because they'll be without one of their top defenders in Cash Daniels for the first half. Yeah. So yeah. that's going to be, you know, that's going to be not a struggle, but it's definitely going to be something that they have to think about while they don't have them. What's going to be their defensive game plan? Yeah. 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 And then they have, that, that's you know, a target call against. Uh, again, that was such a, yeah. you know, and, a terrible call. Yeah. And that is going to have some effect, uh, especially with the ground game. Your linebackers are so important against. Uh, scrambling quarterbacks and, and things like that. So it, it will have an effect on it. I don't know how much. I mean, there are other linebackers, you know, on the team that are playing well. But he's right. such a leader, too. And uh, yeah, he's definitely one of the leaders on the team. He's definitely also one of the vocal leaders on the team, for sure. And yeah. the thing is, like, he's from eastern Kentucky, like backwoods eastern Kentucky. Yeah. Everyone loves him. And he definitely represents the state well. And I don't, I don't think it's going to be tough because I think Kentucky definitely has people that can definitely, you know, be a good backup to him while he's not there for the first half. But not having him there for that first half, you know, I think that's going to be tough. And I think yeah. Kentucky, no matter, like I said, no matter who starts off that game, it's going to be a tone setter, whether Kentucky is on offense and if they drive down the field. Or, you know, Texas A&M's first drive of the game and Kentucky shuts them down for a three and out. I mean, that's that's going to be key. Whoever, well, you know, t- sets the tone first. Yes, yes. And, and you know, if you look at their schedule um, in, in the Texas previous A&M. game, Texas A&M, uh, you know, they have their blowout games against, you know, teams that they should blow out. North yeah, you know, cut Teams. Yeah, cupcake teams. But anybody that they play tough, uh, being Clemson, um, Alabama, and Arkansas, out of all three of those games, they haven't scored more than 26 points. Okay, win or loss. And right. I think that's going to be key. Kentucky does not have to, you know – run up the score 45 points or anything oh, like oh that. no and that's the yeah. thing, same thing with same it's the same thing with South Carolina they didn't yeah. have to run up, you know run up the score to beat them it's all about I think, yeah if they I if think, they get you know, 14 points did. 7 14 points in the first half and if they can produce in the second half i think they're going to have a really good solid uh chance of winning this game and you're right that first drive that Kentucky has Texas A and um, It's going to be important to stop Texas A and M. To see Texas yeah, A and M. Go ahead. Yeah. Their their quarterback is you know mobile, but I mean, and 
previous games, Kentucky's been able to shut down the mobile quarterback, such as, you know, uh, Mississippi State's quarterback, Nick Fitzgerald. So I think that's going to be, can they do it again in a much tougher environment? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, they they have some um, issues with uh, teams that have good defenses, too. And, you know, I think a lot of uh, the problems that that's stemmed from some of the games that they lost, like against Alabama, I mean, they were they were crushed in that game by the defense. And I think Kentucky has the caliber defense to keep the score low. Uh, that's going to be the most important. And then it's just going to have to be the offense. It's going to have to produce nothing, you know, like I said, nothing extravagant, no 45-point game or anything like that. But I think if they put it anywhere from 21 to 28 points on the board, I definitely think that Kentucky has a really solid chance to win this game. And as I say that, as I say that in my mind, I think, wow, I can't believe I'm saying this because they're 5-0. and I mean, I'm a Kentucky fan. 5-0 mm-hmm. just sounds really foreign, alien to me, okay, when it comes to Kentucky football. However, you know, this is not your average Kentucky team, and we talked about this. This might be. This might turn out to be the best team since Bear Bryant, nineteen fifty. It's definitely possible. Oh, I definitely would say, from top to bottom, with every with all the pieces that they have on defense and offense, and this is, I think, will go down as one of the best Kentucky football teams ever. Yeah, and it, as I say paper, that, I know my okay. brother. As I say, as you say that, and as I say that, I know my brother right now is like, "Oh man, please don't say that." Because, you know, we're so used to Kentucky starting out really well and then dropping off. You know, there's been teams in the past that they've started out well and then they'll just, you know, I think they let the the tension that they're getting kind of get to them and they just they don't produce, you know, more wins. And the thing about this Kentucky team, I've come to the conclusion that I don't think they're going to have that issue because of the fact that there's still like like what you said earlier, there's still people that don't see them as, you know, this team that they are, you know what I mean? And I think this, you know, every, no matter who they play the rest of their, you know, the rest of their schedule, they're going to see Kentucky as a two and 10 Kentucky team. They're not going to see them as, a six and you know five and oh six and old team you know so i don't i just don't i don't think kentucky's gonna have that problem you um, want to uh, hear a fun fact about this game which game texas a&m and texas kentucky. A&M, kentucky they've only met twice in their entire histories before this weekend <laughs> these, these two teams do not play each other and so they really don't know each other yeah, and then you have on the fact that they're, you know, Kentucky's coming in number 13, record-breaking crowds. I mean, there's a lot of drama to this game. So I'm kind of talking myself out of the LSU versus Florida thing here, I think. <laughs> I think I might switch it to Kentucky-Texas A&M because, uh, for the game of the week. Because- no, the thing is, though, 
Texas A&M is on is they're in the SEC West, right? Yeah. So even if Kentucky lost that game, and let's say Georgia loses, you know, a game before that, I mean, in Kentucky is you know they come in uh, Georgia's visiting Kentucky and they're both a one loss team. I mean, you're still looking at whoever wins that game will go to the conference championship. Sure. And, you know, we spoke about Kentucky's schedule. And really, there's only two games legitimately that we could say, yeah, they could lose those games. And Which is one game on Saturday in yeah. Georgia. Yes. Everything else, and, you know, I'm not taking anything for granted here, but every, every other game that they have, maybe with a slight trouble with Missouri at Missouri, but every game they have thereafter, they should win. And so we're legitimately looking at a two-loss season here. If, te- if they go oh, to yeah. Texas A&M and they win that game, boy, uh, like you know. Loss. Yeah. And then you got Georgia. At, yeah. <laughs> you got Georgia at a home. Bow, a bow other than the Music City bow. Yes, absolutely. The, the, We're talking the go, the go daddy in the ass bow. Yeah, and I, I don't even want to think about it, but <laughs> it, you know, we're talking SEC championship territory too, because you know we oh, yeah. spoke about it. You know, Georgia has a a harder role. I mean, they, they have a tough. They have a. I mean, don't let you know that fool. I mean, I, I hope that doesn't fool anyone. They have a tough road. Yeah. And, and if they want, if they want to get back to the playoffs, Kentucky is at the end of their tough road, other than Georgia. Yeah. Okay. But you know, if you look at Georgia at LSU, I mean, you know, we're talking about a legitimate playoff team at their home. LSU is a, a legit team this year. Sure. I think. I mean, they beat Auburn at Auburn. That's. You know, I mean, that's as good as win as any. That's so right. LSU I mean, this LSU team is, like I said, they're, I think they're legit. And I think they're finally, I think they're back on, you know, getting back to the, you know, the, on the steps of becoming, you know, not only one of the top teams in the SEC, but, you know, one of the top teams back in the, in, in the nation in college football. And, and I think the interesting uh, matchup, that's why I picked Florida, because Florida and LSU – um, Florida has some some teams that they played like Kentucky and and uh, Mississippi State and and things like that. They're they're playing teams that we've seen, uh, UK has seen, and uh, you know we can kind of not exactly oranges to oranges or you know compare comparison, but at least we're going to see how devastating this LSU team is going to be if it's a close game. You know, I think the rest of the SEC is going to feel really confident, you know, in other words, going into a game with them. If they go in and, you know, obviously they just, uh, you know, mow down uh, anybody that's in front of them, uh, then we're talking about a scary, scary, scary thing. And and that's what it, I, I think LSU kind of represents to the SEC. They're kind of an unknown quantity 
because they really haven't played anyone like of really good quality other than maybe Auburn. And Auburn's probably the best team they've Yeah, and, and that was at Auburn too, and they pulled it off, you know. And you remember Auburn was higher higher ranked and they just kind of went Yeah, they, they were. Yeah, so and and then you know you got Florida and like I said, the Florida game is gonna be important. The Georgia game is hands down the best game that week. I mean, we don't even have to even think about that. Yeah, that's Georgia versus LSU. That's just done. Definitely for the week of that podcast. That's uh, everyone. (laughs) That should be everyone's. uh, And then you know, okay, you know, we we follow it down right, and we're like, they're playing Alabama. (laughs) You know, LSU is going to. LSU also is another team that has a tough road. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and that makes it interesting when they go in, if they go into that game against Alabama undefeated and Alabama being undefeated, then we're going to see a really good clash um, and, and get a really good idea where the SEC stands as far as, you know, its hierarchy. Because I believe, and I, 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 I don't think there's anybody out there that can beat Alabama other than maybe an SEC team. I think at this point, you know, Georgia has impressed me. Clemson certainly hasn't impressed me. Um, Honestly, if I'm just, you know, I hate to say this. I think the only team as far as, you know, putting up, you know, you know, staying with Alabama in the game through offense, I think Ohio State probably has the best chance. Yeah. I in in Ohio State is another unknown quantity, sort of like yeah uh, LSU until you play them, and uh, you know like LSU does not have really impressive numbers. I mean they're ninety seventh in rushing yards, they're hundred seventy fifth in well, passing. They yards. have done you know most of their damage through the passing because I mean they have a you know Heisman candidate quarterback in Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, and but you know, at the same time, as a team, they're not really you know rocking it out in the passing yards. You know, they're averaging two hundred four point six and um, passing yards per game, which is not stellar. Um, the rushing yards are actually almost caught up with passing yards. They're one ninety two rushing yards per game. So, but. Again, they are beating teams up that they should, and then they're playing – they're beating teams that are going to give them trouble, like Auburn and things like that. So the Florida game, to me, is a good indicator. We're going to find out what – you know, how they are compared to the rest of the SEC. You know, looking at this college football season so far, I mean, there's multiple teams that have a lot to prove. You oh, know. Yeah. I mean, you have Texas, you have LSU, and, you know, Kentucky, too. They're all just, you know, trying to make a name for themselves. And prove I, I think Kentucky has kind of gone past to that proven thing other than, you know, and that, that's what I said, that's a good motivating factor for Texas A&M to have their players come out and say, you know, we're just going to stop them. But I think – Kentucky is at the end of their gauntlet, as a, so to speak. And th- this weekend, 
will be the and last game. If, if they can get past this weekend, I mean, I would definitely – I mean, 10-2 and two is definitely on the table. Yeah. 100%. Because if you look at Vandy and – 10-2, uh, before the beginning of the season, we would have – you know, been shaking our heads. Probably you not. Know, laugh at your face. Laugh at your face if you t- said that. And, yeah. You know, just how you get out of the state of Kentucky because you really don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I I, I sent our last podcast to uh, a friend in Miami, and uh, you know about Florida and football and things like that. It's not quite big big right. as Texas, but it's up there. And he he had no clue. That Kentucky, you know, he was just like, Kentucky's 13th? Yeah, they're 13th. <laughs> you know, and it's like, uh, and guess what? The closest Florida team to them <laughs> is US- UCF. <laughs> you know, you would, they're still on the too. Miami or whatever, but, you know, you're taking a, talking about UCF, which it's not taken away from UCF. It's just not what you're used to hearing when it comes to Florida football. So, I mean, we're we're kind of uh, entering into a a new ground, a new era. That's what I like about this. And if we could get um, Kentucky to regularly produce, not you know, like I said, we talked about this before. We don't expect them to go ten and two and every single season. You know, yeah. I just said last week, and what Gavin said in the second podcast. All we asked for, I think, and I think this is true. All we ask for as Kentucky fans is to have those consistent seven to eight win seasons. Sure. And then every once in a while, you get a season like this where you win 10 to 11 games. Yeah. And, and, and build up to it. And that, to me, is more satisfying. And, and you know, we talked about this in reference to basketball. One of the bad things about basketball is – it's, you know, you, you get these kids in there and you, you get them. You can't, the home. you can't fall. You no, know, you can't get a chance to fall in love with them. No. Whereas and, Kentucky, they have multiple guys from this state and they're all lovable. Yeah. And, you know, they all love. And they play for a long time too. You know, they're playing their junior. Just to show how, you know, I've, I saw this story that, you know, just to show how much, you know, these, the, the Kentucky players really care. That's, you know, the Cash Daniels I was talking about, who was, you know, targeted last, you know, yeah. who got called for targeting last week. I don't know if, I don't think you know this or not, but he, Kentucky wanted to sell 3,000 more tickets for the games. And Cash Daniels said, you know what, I'm going to do it. So, you know what he did? He goes to a Walmart and sells all of the tickets. Three thousand of them for ten dollars a piece. I didn't know that. That's pretty awesome. And as a, so big, all of you know, I, I'm a big Blue Nation guy, big Blue Nation guy, and that that really means a lot. That's just as important as you know. It just shows that they care they, to me. You know, and you know they care about the fans, and I you know they. They care about us as much as we care about them. Yep. And they, you know, they, they, they want to, you know, succeed for sure. And I think they're going to, I definitely think that they're going to, you know, hopefully establish a winning culture. Well, I'm going to say it now. I hope 
that after Saturday, we are doing a post-game podcast on Kentucky beating Texas A&M. Not guaranteeing it, but I'm hoping, and I definitely think it's a realistic hope. It's not delusional or anything like that, but I really do. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you this, Tyler. If they do win, I'm going to have my brother get on the podcast. I'm going to have him call in. Oh, for sure. I really want – I really want – Because he is such a huge Kentucky fan, and I would love to hear his perspective. I mean, like, you know, if you guys – I mean, for the people listening, if you think we're excited, Kevin is the big fan I know. Just wait if – if we get him on the podcast – just wait and see how he reacts. If Kentucky yeah. beats, yeah, and, if and Kentucky goes to I have stuff that runs through my head in that regard. You know, um, Kevin is the type that would. Uh, Kevin's my brother, uh, for you. It's, uh, but uh, he he's a type that you know. Like I said, I, I emailed him at halftime talking about how good Kentucky was playing. He was like, he wasn't having any part of it. You know, told me to be quiet. It's halftime. You know, still another half to play. And and in ways, he's right. You know, that's the way Kentucky needs to approach their games in that same way. And but you know, if they're six and all by this coming weekend, and a lot of the weight has been carried and and defeated, other than Georgia, you know. Um, that that's huge, and, and it's right. going to be some. It's going to be. I I you know I would relish hearing that conversation. I'm I'll be there. You know I will. But I mean I will, and we'll be get right you, there. Kevin involved, and I you know, and I uh, that's definitely something that we should record and play on our play on your podcast because um, you know it, it would be definitely be a special moment for me knowing that when I was a kid, you know, we used to take articles from the newspaper, cut them out and tape them up on our wall. And I, I, I remember that like it's yesterday. We lived and died Kentucky basketball, any type of Kentucky sports. And to, um, you know, to be able to partake in something like that would be a wonderful thing. So, Fingers crossed. Let's hope Kentucky wins the game. And um, and I mean, if even if they lose, which you know, of course, I don't want them to. But even if they do, they're still looking pretty on the season. Oh yeah, I agree. And but you know, six and zero. Oh, think about that. You know, from a perspective of a Kentucky fan, uh, that is really going into. I mean, none of us were alive. It's- it's, that's really uncharted territory. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's so it, it – and then not only that, you got to think about the jump in the polls and things like that that, that probably will happen. Uh, it won't be – I, mean, I, I think it's going to be as dramatic as this week. I mean, a four that, – that really – A four, me, a four, uh, uh, four jumps, is that's pretty significant, I would say. Yeah, yeah. And especially considering – anyone below them except Stanford won. You know, they all won their games that they're supposed to win. 
So, you know, they're well, we won. And why is Kentucky jumping us? Well, they're undefeated. Who do you think you know the you know the teams that are do you think there are teams that are ahead of Kentucky right now? Do you think that they could lose in the coming weeks that are in the in the I certainly Georgia could. Well there I yeah. And LSU may yeah, I, I if Georgia loses, they're not going to drop below Kentucky, of course. Um, but because they still have, uh, I mean, if Georgia loses before Kentucky, Georgia's only chance of making the playoffs is, I think, if is if uh, maybe if they beat Alabama in the SEC championship. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really the only way to do it, and. And and then you look at a scenario where if Alabama loses one game, they're going to get in because of the quality of the team, you know. So this Alabama team can afford to lose a game, uh, and and they'll probably still get in. Um, I think. I mean, like I said, they. I don't think they're going to lose a game. I don't either. Really. <laughs> I you know I would like to like know, it, I, maybe shocked and. All of a sudden, you know, we're calling each other, and Alabama's down fourteen in the fourth quarter, and you know. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I don't foresee any situation where that's going to occur, um, other than you know playing against some uh, really good competition, and you know LSU and things like that. But um, you know, I, I just don't um, anybody in front. You know, we got some Western teams uh, like Washington. And they're kind of an unknown kind of, uh, you know, the the teams that they play uh, in the West are kind of – they're not really doing well right now. Um, right. You know, so I, I that's kind of a – you know, Washington could legitimately lose to UCLA. I doubt they will, but, you know, like I said, that, that's one of those odd type of deals where – uh, you don't know what's going to happen. I don't think West Virginia's going to lose to Kansas. Um, you know, you got Auburn and, uh, versus Mississippi State. That's interesting because they're playing at Mississippi State. I mean, Mississippi State hasn't played well the past couple of weeks, but I mean, that's still an interesting game. Yeah, Oklahoma and the Texas. Uh, we, we talked about that. That's kind of an unknown thing too because. Uh, they're, they are playing at Oklahoma too. So right. I, I, I'm thinking maybe uh, maybe a one jump or maybe a two, you know, maybe get to 12 or 11, uh, unless by some catastrophe, you know, a lot of these teams – I forgot Penn State's playing uh, – Penn State's playing Michigan State. So um, – That's Michigan certainly – Yeah. That's another interesting game. Yeah. Yeah, so, but I mean, you know, I, I a big jump probably not like last week, but uh, or I should say this week, but uh, you know, uh, uh, I don't mean to change the subject to a sad one, but I just found out that a Clemson running back, his name is CJ Fuller, he was going to transfer to another uh, school. He announced last February. Uh, he was going to transfer to another school, but I don't think he'd done it, or I don't think he'd done it yet. But he was, I think he was still at Clemson. But he's a running back. He looked like he was, gonna, he's, you know, as a senior, but he just passed away today. And uh, uh, the Clemson, uh, or I don't not Clemson, but 
you know, the, the police haven't said, haven't released what he died from. And they said the autopsy would be about six to eight weeks. So I definitely give, you know, as much heat as Clemson might receive. I mean, definitely deepest condolences to definitely to Clemson because he was definitely a, he was a big, uh, he was part of that national championship team a year or two ago. So, I mean, that's just sad. He's only 22 and, who knows if he, you know, would have a big NFL future, but, you know, he probably would have made the NFL. Some team would have taken a chance on him. And it's, you know, it's sad to see such a young life, you know, just, you know, just pass yeah, away. It's, it's something to, you know, and uh, I'm in my 40s. And when I think about someone dying in their early 20s, I just – I, I can't help but just shake my head and, and feel bad for his family. I mean, you know, technically his mother and father could be my age. So, yeah. You know, to think about, uh, you know, knock on wood with you, you know, something were to happen like that. I don't know what your mom or, or you know, I would do in that situation. So you got to really – Feel for his family, uh, you know, the Clemson organization, especially considering there's a national championship. You know, there's a lot of love there. And uh, hopefully, um, you know, something will. I mean, considering Clemson has, uh, you know, just on the on the field, you know, just they haven't had a, you know, a good week with their senior quarterback yeah, Kelly Bryant transferring. They just, you know, just to top it off with a a player's death. Uh, that's you know, Clemson must feel, you know. Yeah, they're first the, season. Yeah, I mean, they're still undefeated, but you know, they're definitely not the happiest of people right now. But again, that's just you know, really sad. And again, deepest condolences to C.J. Fuller's family and to everyone that you know at Clemson. So another. ACC team, Louisville Cardinals, another team in the state of Kentucky. Oi, you know, they, I mean, yeah, Lamar Jackson looked like Louisville is going to be a perennial team for a long time, maybe. And then all of a sudden they're two and three right now and they're looking like, you know, absolute dog crap. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think quarterback play. Uh, just terrible coaching too. Um, yeah. you know, I mean, just like fundamental, um, mistakes made by the Cardinals coaching staff passing on first down when they're up, not very much time on the clock. All you have to do is run the ball. And what do they do? They pass it, interception, and then a late Florida State. drive by Florida State, and they get the big L when they look like they're going to win. Right. And yeah, I, I got to tell you, and one of my things is I'm, I'm a Louisville alumnus myself, and uh, they've been under a huge amount of turmoil uh, with their AD getting fired and Rick Pitino. And, you know, especially you're not just – you know, football, but a lot of, I mean, other programs such as basketball. 
Well, and, and you got to think of it in that term too. Uh, the AD hired Petrino, you know, right. that's no longer there. I mean, I honestly think if he does not, if Louisville doesn't salvage the rest of the season, I think, you know, Petrino will be on the hot seat. I, I agree. And, and they may sit him down and say, you know, we're going to give you another year, but, you know, you, you're going to have to do better than this. And, uh, the, you know, I, I definitely think considering Petrino's past relationship with Louisville right. uh, and, and then not only that, but with some of the, uh, well, especially the, with the pro team and, and especially with new personnel at Louisville, especially with the new president, new AD you know, wanting a clean slate. They've already done that by getting rid of Rick Pitino. Um, Absolutely. You know, I don't think there would be hesitant if he doesn't have – I think at the very most they'll give him another year. And But if he doesn't have another good year next year, I mean, I don't think they'll be hesitant to get rid of him. Well, and, and to be honest with you, I – with Petrino, I'm not a fan of Petrino at all. Yeah, I'm not. Either. I definitely think he's a good coach. I mean, he wouldn't be—he wouldn't have had the success that he's had without being a decent coach. I mean, he's had some talent. Don't get me wrong, uh, right? But you know, he—he's definitely—he's um, a think outside the box coach, and those type of coaches can do really well and they can do really bad. And unfortunately, it looks like it's going uh, into the negative direction right now. And uh, some of the coaching has just been just completely horrendous. I mean, just basic one-on-one stuff. And when you have an unconventional coach who says, you know what, uh, I'm getting ready to put uh, – it's first down. We got the ball. We're leading in the game. There's only a little bit of time left. You know what, I think I'm going to run a trick play. Instead of handing it off, because they're going to expect <laughs> me to hand it off, I'm going to pass it. <laughs> and, and then interception is like, you know – and so that's the type of thing that an unconventional coach can do. And then there's times where they look brilliant. You know, they they run a flea flicker or something like that and drive 70 yards yeah. on the field. But, you know, th- these kind of things, it's, it's, you know, overthinking the game, trying to uh, go away from the fundamentals of football that really I'm, – I'm not trying to be too dramatic, but, it, you know, sometimes the fundamentals of football – are the fundamentals for football for a reason. And running late in the game when you got the lead is fundamental as fundamental football will get. And he went against it, and they got burned because of it. They really should be a three-and-two team, still not very good. Uh, but, you know, they should, yeah. they're 0-2 in the ACC, and we know the ACC is just really down this year. Your, your teams that are – you normally doing well, it, it, they're not, and um, yeah. it, it's going to be a it's going to be a tough road for the ACC in general. You know, they, mm-hmm. they put Miami, Florida up there, and you know they're seventeen right now. But mm-hmm. I mean, I could see them losing three or four games this season. You know, I, I really yeah. because they're 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 not playing as consistent as they probably can. Um, you know, they're, they're in the same, I think they're in the same kind of category as Clemson. You don't know who's showing up that week. And Clemson right. has a little bit of an excuse. I mean, you know, they, they have a, 
of the quarterback, and you said he has a spring net. Um, yeah, he does. That's what you got an update on that at all, or uh, no, they haven't said anything. No question. I think it's, I, I think it's actually more, you know, it's looking like more than likely that uh, the their other freshman backup will probably be get the get the start. Yeah, I think that's a safe way to go. You know, yeah, I, I, I would. I mean, these are kids. Actually, you don't want them getting hurt out there, and uh, you don't want to ruin his career if he does yeah. something again. You know, and so. you know, that, that neck is so important to you know to your entire body. So. I mean, look at Peyton Manning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Very I mean, about how much effect that had you know on him the his last you know year in the NFL. So sure, as sure. you know, as Michael Scott would say, I'm not superstitious about Louisville, but you know, I'm just a little stitious. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> but uh. This is going to go quick over the Heisman, uh, my Heisman top three. Hasn't really changed since last week, although Tua Tagaavola from Alabama is still not my number one. Dwayne Haskins had a good game, but he still didn't, you know, almost lost against Ohio State. But Kyler Murray from Oklahoma, quarterback for Oklahoma, who put up seven touchdowns against, uh, uh, who did Oklahoma play last week? Um, I'm not sure. I don't keep up with Oklahoma as much as I probably uh, should, but um, I do know that they're playing Texas this week. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, let me check um, here, Oklahoma. Uh, while he's checking that, um, you know, like I said, Kyler Murray put up seven touchdowns last week, so he's uh, Kyler Murray's my number two right now. Uh, and Will Greer from West Virginia put up another good game against Texas Tech. And he's my number three. And uh, my dark horse right now is uh, – he shouldn't even be a dark horse. He'd still be considered. But definitely Benny Snell uh, Jr. Yeah. is my dark horse right now. And that's not – I'm not saying that just because I'm a Kentucky fan and I know how good of a player he is. I'm saying that as a, as a football fan, he's definitely a dark horse. And I think if he keeps playing like he is, then he's definitely going to get more recognition. Um, my I don't know if you're going to agree with my boat prediction this week, but my boat prediction this week is uh, so I think Alabama plays Arkansas. And I think my boat prediction is that Arkansas will hang with Alabama. Ooh, that's pretty good. Um, that's I, I don't I don't feel as optimistic about that <laughs> as you do, but. I, I w- that would be intriguing if they did. I definitely think it would. And and to answer your question, they played Baylor last week, and they yeah. Oklahoma did. They uh they got crushed sixty six to thirty three, which that ought to have been interesting. You know, a fun fact about Kyler Murray, Tim. He's actually he got he was a first round MLB draft pick. Oh wow! So he he decided. Instead of going to play baseball first, he wanted to play one more year at Oklahoma as a quarterback. And, of course, he's also playing baseball at Oklahoma. So, after this year, he's actually going to play in the MLB. Wow. that That's pretty amazing. He's fast. He's a sport guy. He also, has, he also has an arm on him. So, I think MLB is definitely going to suit him. So, well, guys. Uh, and my bold prediction is not exactly um, – I don't consider it that bold, but I, I um, we got LSU versus Florida. 
I think Florida has has played really well since the Kentucky loss. And I definitely think that they are going to be uh, quite competitive with LSU. I'm not going to say that they're going to win, but I think right. it's going to be pretty competitive. I mean, you have two wonderful quarterbacks in Burrow and Franks. Uh, both are around the 1,000 yards passing, so it's going to be an air game. Um, you know, you have some running backs that are uh, for LSU that are pretty solid. Um, yeah. But uh, I definitely, uh, definitely yeah. on game to watch. Um, and, you know, we'll see. The secondary is going to be key to that. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we'll see how it goes. You got uh, Florida mm-hmm. Franks with 12 TDs and three interceptions. And you have Burrow with six TDs and no interceptions. So, um, you know, it's, it's going to be an interesting game, to say the least. And I think so. I finally see where LSU stands uh, with the SEC. They come and they crush Florida. We know that – I mean, we already know they're legit, but, you know, we know that they're, they're an upper-level legit. Uh, yeah. That they're going to be probably uh, – if they can prove to us that they're going to be competitive with a, a great – historic Alabama team. And, uh, you know, so it's going to be an interesting uh, thing to say the least, especially for the West of the SEC. Mm-hmm. Well, I definitely agree with that. And all right, that guys, that is the going to be the end of this second segment of the, the man case sports podcast. And again, I was, I want to, Thank uh, Tim for covering me or covering Gavin for a little bit because, you know, like I said earlier, Gavin is uh, well busy and I'm really thankful that Tim did this for me. And it was, uh, (laughs) this is, it's fun. Like, and this podcast is, it's been really fun so far. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's fun to me just, you know, gathering up all these notes and, uh, you know, just talking about sports and. Well, I gotta, I gotta tell a little story about Tyler. Tyler's my stepson, and we have this type of conversation every day, almost, almost every day. But you know, we love to talk sports, and this is kind of a natural extension of us talking sports. So it comes really natural to me and Tyler. And yeah. uh, Tyler's very passionate about sports. I am too. I think Tyler's more passionate. I think this suits you wonderfully, Tyler. And I think this is something that, you know, it's something that suits you. And I think it's something that you could do for the rest of your life. And, uh, and I'm just, yeah, I can I can, I mean. I, I'm just glad that I can partake in it. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, a little bit, so. I, I definitely wanted to get more, people involved with this podcast you know especially like people like kevin you know and um just more you know sports people that can you know give their opinion yeah and the good thing about kevin being in there it means kentucky is winning and that's that's the thing and i, I and like want, i said if you think kevin's opinions on everything of course but right. the Kentucky thing I, I i live for that day six and oh and hearing what he has to say about it. I live for that. Right. But let's hope that they have fingers are crossed. I got four of them crossed now. Oh, that's your two. Yeah. 
<laughs> but, and, you know, I, I'm really, uh, uh, really looking forward to this weekend. I'm going to be a little scared. I'm going to be a little excited. All now, stuff that you I want me, much. I'm going to be watching the game on Saturday at my apartment. And I'm going to be standing up the whole time, probably yelling and cussing at it every time that uh, Kentucky does something bad or if the refs suck again. And But do you, I mean, just honestly, do you want me to keep you updated on that? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I will definitely be following the game as well. And I always like to uh, get. Again, I'm, guys, uh, you know, I just um, on Sunday night we posted the post game show, and that just that's just something that you know I wanted to do because, as I explained, I mean you have radio stations that do it, but you don't really have post game. I mean, uh, you don't have podcasts that do post game shows. So, I think I just think it's a cool idea for it, and I think it just you know just to give something a little extra to this podcast, and more than you know the majority of the time. And, you know, as long as Kentucky keeps winning, it's going to be uh, me and Tim doing the post-game show. Absolutely. And maybe sometimes uh, Gavin. Absolutely. But Gavin is Gavin's going to be busy again this weekend. He's going he's going home to Shelbyville for his, uh, for his sister's birthday. So. Oh, okay. Well, happy birthday to his sister. And uh, we hope he has fun. And, uh, you know, in the meantime, uh, go Cats. <laughs> go cats guys yes. seriously i mean if you're you know obviously well, i'm assuming most of the people that listen to this podcast even if you're a louisville fan you have to be happy with how uh, that you know uh a kentucky team is doing this well and they're that they're highly ranked as they are absolutely and and the thing is it's a rarity too and that's that's what i that's what i'm enjoying i'm kind of relishing it and i hope it continues Trying to stay positive, but at the same time, it won't be a great tragedy if they lose this weekend. I don't think so by any means. It won't mean. You know, yeah, yeah. Like I said, they'll be. I think even if they lose, they'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. They'll still get a bow game other than the Music City Bow. Yep. So, like I said, guys, uh, thank you. I seriously, I cannot thank you guys enough for listening to this podcast. It it really does. Uh, mean the world to me because this is something I really love doing and um, and this is my passion Gavin loves it too I, he, I know he's excited I mean this is you know I've always wanted to start a sports podcast and the fact that it's actually coming into full fruition and we're getting this thing rolling and getting all the social media for it and you know trying to get it to expand to something more uh, you know, I'm really excited about where this can go. And um, again, you know, just you can you guys can help us out. You don't even have to. It's not much by just, you know, sharing it on Instagram, on Facebook or whatever type of social media on Twitter. I mean, it, it, you could just help us by just, you know, telling your friends and family about it and just helping, you know, you know, that's just a, a domino effect. And, you know, one thing leads to another in this world and, you know, and. You know, just like I said, that would just help us out a lot if you can do that. And again, our Instagram name is at Man Cave Sports Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Man Cave Podcast, and a Facebook page will be coming up shortly. And 
you know, like I said earlier in this podcast, do not hesitate to leave any feedback or comment on things that you think we should talk about. Because like I said, we will definitely talk about that on the show. So, guys, until this Saturday for the post-game show, thank you for joining us in the Man Cave.